Hello and welcome. My name's Ryan Johnson, and this is the Saltcast. Um, today, we're going to start off with a moment of silence so we can listen in. I think Danny has got like a Zen garden going on. Oh, yeah. We're in yes, a spa. he does. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's, the, it's my aquaponics system. The filter pulls the water up in there and then it drips out. So Impressive. I, I can turn that off if it's a problem, guys. Nope. I can't believe no, you no, can no. hear that. I can't believe my <laughs> mic's picking that up. It's helping me stay calm. Yeah. So not only do we provide peace of mind with sales tax knowledge, we provide peace of mind with some awesome ASMR of a fish tank. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Glad I can so, add some value to this meeting. <laughs> so we've been talking, guys, for the last few podcasts, um, barring one where we talked about audits, but the, the pillars of a successful sales tax strategy. And I believe, you know, we covered, you know, the first one we kind of talked about an overview of, of the six different pillars we have. Um, and the last one we kind of we talked about nexus we talked about taxability and and uh, sales tax rates um, but today i want to cover one of the pillars and that uh, the use tax pillar um and and why is that pillar and what exactly you should be worrying about uh, when it comes to use tax and and what about you know, what is the strategy? How should you be um, taking care of your use tax? And and maybe for some people don't even know what their use tax could be. It's always a good place to start with <clears throat> a definition or just a basic understanding for those who aren't aware of what, a, what use tax even is. Who you hear about it, well, we hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... Uh, uh, commenting before the podcast that uh, yeah, I recently filed my state um, return and asked if I had any purchases that I needed to self-assess or meet use tax on. I thought, hmm, do I have any? Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> but use tax is uh, it's a tax based on a use or a consumption of a good or service that you purchased that was subject to tax, but the vendor did not charge you tax on it. So perhaps you purchased a cup, a Pizer Johnson cup, and we didn't charge you sales tax. We wouldn't have done that, but perhaps maybe that happened. <laughs> and you should have paid tax on it because of it's a taxable good, and you used and consumed it in the state, and therefore you owe a use tax on that purchase. So use tax uh, oftentimes overlooked, but it is something that uh, auditors look at and is something that we recommend that you look at uh, at least annually of what purchases are, am I making and am I paying tax on those purchases or should I be paying tax on those purchases? Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect focus because in the last four years, five years, the focus has been on the Wayfair decision it's been focused on economic nexus. And so sometimes physical nexus is overlooked, but economic nexus means there's companies that need to get registered in more states and they need to be collecting and remitting sales tax 
on their sales to their customers. And so it's it's been a hyper focus on the sales side of the coin when it comes to dealing with sales and use tax. But if you're a company doing business in multiple states, maybe you have a headquarter uh, in one state, but you're doing business in multiple states, um, you really need to also not just look at your sales, but you need to look at your purchases, right? What are you acquiring to conduct business? Uh, and what is the taxability of those products, goods, services that you're acquiring to conduct your business? Um, because as you've indicated, Paul, the states will always look at both sides of the coin. When yeah. they come in to conduct an audit, they're going to make sure that you're collecting tax on the items that you should. They're going to make sure that you're collecting tax um, at the right rate. Um, and they'll scrutinize that and look at that in detail. Um, and on another episode, we definitely will talk about the pillar of uh, exemption certificates because they also will scrutinize uh, the idea of you selling goods without collecting tax where a customer has indicated that they're exempt from that tax. But something that's just flat out overlooked by too many companies is the auditor will also scrutinize your purchases. And if you if your vendor did not charge tax, a lot of times the situation is, listen, my vendor should know whether they should or shouldn't. Um, and if they didn't, then that's on them. And so when you think about audit situations, you're assuming that the seller is the one that's liable, but almost every state um, will collect that tax from the seller or the purchaser. And so if you're being looked at uh, under audit and you didn't um, self-assess or remit tax on goods where tax was not collected, um, you'll be assessed uh, if the seller has not been assessed for that. Definitely have to keep an eye on it. Amen. And it's it's wild to me because under audit, it's very possible that if you're not careful, that tax could be paid on that item twice, meaning the vendor failed to charge you tax, and they likely got audited. Maybe not likely, but they it's possible they got <clears throat> audited, and those sales came up. Hey, you didn't charge tax, but you should have. Yep, we should have, so we'll pay the tax. They pay some penalty. They pay some interest on those sales that they made to you and then you get audited as the customer hey you were purchasing these products and you didn't pay tax on them yeah i didn't pay tax dang why didn't i pay tax Ah, uh, i don't know i guess i'll have to pay the tax so you end up paying the tax so it is possible if you don't reach out to your vendor hey were you audited or did you self-assess or emit tax on these items that i failed to pay tax on um it is possible that the state gets double the tax win for them uh, lose for you type of a thing the other aspect about use tax that I wanted to chat about was um, that we deal with on the sales tax return side of our business is on sales of or giveaways of promotional items. We have a client who <clears throat> is in the clothing industry, and they provide mannequins. Mannequins? Those little uh, That's right. shoes you put the put the clothes on. <laughs> that is the the proper term and the proper pronunciation. Absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, they provide the mannequins with the clothes, and so they they uh, ship those mannequins to the stores. Well, they purchase those mannequins without tax because oftentimes they sell them or 
provide them as a gift or a promotional item. And so when they are giving the mannequins away, that is a taxable good. And without a proper exemption in place, they owe use tax on those as they ship them and give them away because they're used and consumed in the state where the customer, their customer is located. So they may be based in California because everybody's based in California and their customers are in Texas because <laughs> all the customers are in Texas, but they owe use tax in Texas based on the use or consumption of the mannequin in the state of Texas. Isn't that crazy? That's a cool concept. Yeah, it really is. It, and it's a, it can be a confusing concept. It really comes down to the principle of who is consuming or using the product, right? Yeah, right? And so a lot of times this really comes into play when you think about contractors as well. Um, contractors purchase supplies that are incorporated into real property. And in some states, the services that they perform uh, are considered taxable and the goods that they incorporate into um, that real property could be deemed sold based on the way the contract is built. But in most situations, the contractor is considered the consumer or the user of those materials, even though they're going into a project that's being sold and uh, provided to somebody else, to their customer. So you really have to think about not just on your um, purchases of goods to run your business, but potentially purchase of goods where the state would deem you're the user or the consumer. Yeah. So if you have inventory of some items that um, you take out and use or give to employees or give to customers or provide to other people to display, you're considered the consumer of that. So in this mannequin situation, um, they're the consumer of the good, but now they're the consumer of the good in another state. Right. And so you right. have to start looking at the rules in that state and what that state would require for property that you import into that state right. and effectively use right. in that state. Yeah. It's a good one, Paul. So it's a I've I've got a question along that same line because um you may or might may or may not know this, but I'm opening a cookie store with brother and sister in law that they're gonna run. And on the grand opening day and other promotional times, we'll be giving away cookies. Will we be responsible then for self-collecting the use tax on those cookies we give away then? So it's an awesome question, and this is the, the most used response to a sales tax question. <laughs> I'll give you the two. The two Drum most Drum common Drum. response. It depends. <laughs> And then the next question that has to follow is what state, right? Because it depends on the state, but for yeah. the most part, to answer your question, yes, because you buy uh, all of the elements that, that make cookie dough and make those cookies that you're giving away. Mm -hmm. um, you buy all of that tax-free because you're producing a product that's gonna be sold and again, depending on the state, tax is going to be collected on that cookie. And so you would be responsible for tax on the ingredients that went into the cookie um, that you gave away. So anytime you buy something uh, tax-free for resale and you use it to make a product or in its 
natural form. You simply give it away. Um, there is tax implications to that. Yeah. And now, is that uh, go ahead, Park. Well, I was going to say, I don't know the materiality of the ingredients that went into those cookies. And sometimes you may say, listen, for the amount of tax we're talking about and for the purchase. So the, the, the other question is, do I owe it on the purchase price, the cost of the ingredients, or do I owe it on the value of the cookie that I gave away? That was well, my question. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> Almost every time it's going to be based on the cost of the items because you became the consumer or the user yeah. of those tax-free items. But when you're talking about the materiality of a cookie, it might just be simpler to say, what's the value of the cookies we gave away and calculate it on the value of the cookie? Yeah. Um, because it may be difficult to determine the value of half of the flour that was used or half of the other ingredients or goods that were used. So yeah. it's that old adage of buy one, get one free or buy one, get one for a dollar. You know, well, do I do I do I owe use tax then on the one I'm giving away for free or how, how is that going to work? So similarly with the mannequin example, when you were selling those mannequins, you would collect tax based on the sales price. But when you're giving the mannequin away, then what's the value of the mannequin? Well, I purchased the mannequin or I had the, manuf the mannequin manufactured for X amount. So then the value of that mannequin is what you would owe the use tax on. Similar every, every, time I, every time I buy something now that's instead of buy one, get one free, it's like, you know, buy one, get one for $1. I'm going to be like, they're smart. They're charging me that dollar. <laughs> then they, they can just charge me tax on that dollar, right? That That's I pay right. for that extra item. And That's right. Well, you, a... you both bring up another complication because, again, in that very scenario, right? If you're just giving away cookies, that's one thing. But if you have a promotion where it's a buy one, get one free, um, not every state treats discounts and coupons right. the same. Yeah. So in one state, you could owe a use tax on the items that you gave away as part of that uh, promotion. In other states, they would say, no, it, there was compensation that was achieved for both cookies, right. even though you ordered two cookies. And then, you know, as my wife would say, anytime there's a discount, you want to spend more to save more. So if it's a buy one, get one free, <laughs> you're not going to get two cookies. You're going to get two dozen cookies. Right. Um, you want to yeah. multiply the savings. I was in a uh, I won't mention the store name, but I was in a store buying candles and uh, lotions. So hmm. maybe, you know, the store name. I think I know the store. They have a big <laughs> annual sale. And uh, so they had these discounts and uh, I had my family with me. So we brought all of these goods up to the counter. And they rung uh, all the goods up and they said, hey, if you go grab two more, you'll actually save more money. And so a couple of kids ran and got two more. They brought it over, put it on the counter. She rung it up and the total went up. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> you said if I got two more, I would save uh, more money. And she was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> the price goes up, but the more you spend, the more you save. Well, maybe I should just buy everything in this store. <laughs> just think if of all I'm the money just, you'd save. Think of all the money I'm going to save. 
Um, so before you, you buy two dozen cookies, just think about how that will affect your health, how that will actually <laughs> affect your financial health. Um, and if, if you're at Ryan's store, buy the two dozen cookies. Please. But otherwise, you might just think about getting the two cookies. <laughs> Yeah, this we've this never given up, health even, advice on the podcast. You even talk about you know buying more, um, you know, and just a, a lot of this plays into not just materiality as we've already discussed, but also a company's like risk tolerance, right? And oftentimes we talk about even finding that intersection uh, between a perfect compliance, right, a, a process of perfect compliance and an actual like practical business process, right? Like you, you, I'm sure the listeners can, their head could be spinning already, right? Like just, <laughs> just thinking about having to stay on top of this. So everyone take a deep breath, like step back and, and understand that, you know, there's certainly a, a process in all of this of understanding the rules and the laws, and then, you know, merging that with an actual, you know, practical process that's going to make sense for you guys. Otherwise, it might cost you more to, you know, deal with the sales tax than, you know, profitability, right? And, you, and at, at that point, you ask yourself the question, why am I even in business? So you don't, you don't need to shut the business down or shut the idea down, right? If you have the business idea, the key here is to have a discussion with professionals um, and not just any professionals, but ones that have specific sales tax uh, expertise and, and experience. And on that note, actually, one of the thoughts that came to mind as we were talking through this was around these, uh, say, use tax um, that you, you haven't paid attention to for some reason or another, you didn't know about. Um, it's important to understand this point in this entire discussion. Uh, when it comes to also pursuing uh, refunds, right? Tax refunds. Oftentimes someone's, let's say you paid tax to a vendor and you didn't need to. And suddenly, suddenly you see, right, this pot of gold of like, hey, I need to go you know, get after these refunds. Well, not so fast, right? You certainly want to be uh, steady and deliberate, as we say, with, with that approach. Because what if you go to the state and go ask for those refunds? and they open up an audit and you know of course the auditor's gonna go after exactly what we're talking about exemption certificates um, use tax that you have not uh, reported and you could end up with a, a liability actually and you know having to pay money out of your own pocket rather than getting that credit yeah no that's that's perfectly said um when when we're talking about the application of tax, oftentimes we think of it from an auditor standpoint or what the state would look at, meaning did you collect the proper tax? Did you pay the proper tax? Um, but oftentimes under an audit scenario, the, the auditor is not looking at where you may have overpaid tax. And so when in, in the world of Wayfair or post-Wayfair, more and more companies are collecting tax because they're getting registered properly in more states across the US. And the collection of tax without filing an exemption where an exemption may exist means that you've got some tax that may have been overpaid in a prior period. And you should definitely review that periodically to make sure um, that there are no refunds that are due back from the state. Our favorite 
result of any audit that we engage in is where there's a potential assessment or liability that gets turned into a refund, right? The last thing we want to happen is we're looking at overpayments in tax and you know we create an audit situation and it ends up being a net liability, right? Just as you've indicated. Um, but it, it's definitely important. And far too many companies that we talk to um, have gone years and years or even decades without conducting a review. And there's a statute of limitations on how long you can look back and you can obtain a refund from a particular state or local jurisdiction. So it's really important to spend time making sure that you're looking at this on a periodic basis. Our recommendation would be to look annually or at minimum every couple of years um, at whatever strategy you have set up on the use tax side or the purchase side, just to make sure that, yes, you're not under remitting or reporting on your purchases, but especially if you've overpaid because those are just dollars that um, hit the uh, bottom line, if if you don't go back and and get those refunds and take that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Um, but yeah, don't let this overwhelm you, like Danny said, and uh, call us up. Get on a what's next call. Um, but guys, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, Paul, I'm curious if you let us know next few months if a utah state auditor gets a hold of you <laughs> you, know, you never know you know they could be a listener listening and you just i heard that so that might be why that guy quickly told me that he does self-assess tax that's good and pays it you know on purchases that he makes where he doesn't get charged because maybe his wife is a state auditor mm-hmm. well listen uh you the question on a state income tax return to its citizens that asks you to voluntarily admit to making purchases where tax may not have been collected is an important question. And you can answer that question, no, if you're pretty sure that the purchases that you've made, there was tax on it. So yeah. I'm sure all the purchases that Paul made that were delivered into Utah or to his home um were from vendors who were properly registered and collect the tax based on economic nexus oh for sure yeah because if they didn't paul would have let us know and we would have contacted Mm -hmm. that company to because they need our help they're not compliant they need our help if you've ever heard from me you may have gotten your your customer service team may have gotten an email from me because i made a purchase online and tax was not collected i reach out to every company because they just need to ensure they've had a, a nexus review to determine Amen. if Amen. they should be registered. Yeah. Hallelujah. I mean, I'll offer up a hallelujah on top of that. <laughs> I was feeling it today. <laughs> Southern Baptist Church today. Yeah. That's hallelujah. Great. That's great. Well, thanks again, guys. And uh, we hope to see you on another one. Thanks, Ryan. Take care, guys.